Hey everyone. Today's book on relationships wasn't written by a couples therapist or even a licensed psychologist, but someone who is still very qualified to give relationship advice, a stand-up comic who has stayed married for 20 years. This is How to Be Married to Melissa by Dustin Nickerson. This is The Book Pile. I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and a husband who is not married to Melissa. By the way, Dave's mom is going to be so proud that I actually mentioned I'm married. And if you need more context for that, go back and listen to our episode number 90, and that'll all make sense. And while you're there, go ahead and just listen to that whole thing. It's on a book called Contagious, and it's one of my absolute favorite episodes. But listen to this one first. If you're wondering why you can't hear my co-host, David Vance, not laughing at my jokes, it's because he isn't here today. He's on vacation. But I am not, because I'm not only dedicated to this podcast, but also to making fun of people who aren't here to defend themselves. So joining me in just a couple minutes will be today's guest, the author of today's book, Dustin Nickerson. As always, please feel free or feel compelled if that gets you to do it, uh, to leave us a review. And if you want to see me live, April 19th, I'll be in Louisville, Kentucky. April 20th to the 22nd, I'm in Indiana. I forget the city. April 26th, Tacoma Comedy Club. Then April 27th to the 29th, the Spokane Comedy Club. Of course, both of those are in Washington. More dates coming soon. For tickets, go to kellenerskin.com. Or just Google how you think my name is spelled and you'll find it eventually. My thoughts on this book before I bring Dustin out here. Uh, I enjoyed his book a lot. There's so much sound advice in it. Plus, he's a comic. And the neat thing about that is that even if you find that you don't agree with everything, it's still just a fun and funny read throughout. But he, he writes in a way that, as the title suggests, it's less about hard advice and more about how all of this works for him and his wife. So the underlying idea is to dedicate time to discover what works best for you and your spouse. Now, also due to this recording being done by me and my guest uh, in two separate hotels, and he doesn't bring his $500 microphone with him everywhere like a normal person like me, his audio quality isn't as crisp as mine, uh, but it's still a really fun episode, even with the jumps back and forth in sound quality. So here's my interview with Dustin Nickerson. And replacing David Vance today while he's in Europe thinking he's better than me is an incredible comic. He's appeared on Netflix, Comedy Central. His podcast is called uh, Don't Make Me Come Back There, which he does with his wife. He's also the author of the book we're covering today, How to Be Married to Melissa. And very importantly, he has a special that is coming out tomorrow, March 28th, on his YouTube channel, it's called Runs in the Family. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Nickerson. I just want you to know that in two weeks, I'm going to Europe, and then I'll be better than you. But you squeeze me <laughs> in. I know people won't see this, but I mean, I can't say I've, I've listened to a lot of episodes of the pod. My apology. But this is so road comedian. For a podcast <laughs> about books, I mean, just two hotels are you still back east? Last I saw you, you were going to Rhode Island. I was there yesterday. I'm in Massachusetts today. How about you? I'm in San Antonio. And because I am working with a very successful comic, I'm in a nicer hotel than you. <laughs> 
I love that you knew that without even asking what hotel I was at. You just know. I know what rooms you're playing, which means I know what rooms you're staying in. For context, I'm out here with, you know, megastar Taylor Tomlinson. And as I walked into the hotel, I saw like four black SUVs. And I was looking, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Dana White. And she goes, who? I go, the president of UFC. She goes like, what do you mean? I was like, all of UFC, you know, the sport of UFC. I go, he's the head of it. And she's like, I don't know who that is. I was like, that's our Taylor Swift for bros. (laughs) And you are playing wherever... Is it a chain? Give me three yeah. guesses to find that it's a chain. Is it a Hampton Inn and Suites? Well, no. I'm not going to guess the brands because the brands are easier. Let me see if I can get more. It's sure. not a Hampton. Is it, um, what club are you playing again? The Loft in Chicopee. In Chicopee. What about a Hilton Garden Inn? Oh, you're close. I'm in the, okay, I'm so close. A residence inn? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you even got more specific than Marriott. That was impressive. And instead of Dana White, I have uh, an orthodontist convention. That's what I saw walking in. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Dana's White. <laughs> Dana White Strips. Dana uh, White Strips is better, yeah. That's good. <laughs> so before we get into the book, I want to keep talking comedy for a couple of minutes. I feel like you and I have some things in common. We've been married for a similar amount of time. We both have three kids. We've both done shows for pie. That's a fun fact. We both were clean, but here's the thing. I hate being labeled as a clean comic. I don't know about you. Yeah, I get it in the sense that, like, people are dumb. They need, like, things fed to them. Like, this is a female comedian. This is this is an urban comedian. It's just one of the labels. But, you know, it is, like, in our world... The highest praise, right, is when someone doesn't even notice that you're clean, like that they hit you later, like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, when they're driving home, just as an afterthought, I don't want it to be the last thing I want people thinking is this guy probably does birthday parties. (laughs) All right. And without further ado, here are two lessons that I took from how to be married to Melissa. That's me speaking in parentheses. All right. Lesson one. End a fight well, which at first sounds like you should slam your spouse with a folding chair. Uh, but Dustin, you clarify in your book that your your take isn't the more popular, learn how to fight well, but end the fight well. And I love it. Even when I was dating, I could never date someone who would hold on to a fight. Like I think ending that conflict is so much more important. I could never handle the silent treatment or the worst to me was like, let's just not talk about this. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Let's just keep something brewing perpetually. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> just, over, let's have this overflow. Yeah, I, I think that the only time that, that it's okay to like take a break for a minute is maybe if you need to calm down or both one or both of you to so you're not speaking like with your vocal cords dripping with adrenaline. But other than that, yeah, I just, I loved that takeaway from your book. I wanted to see if you, if you wanted to elaborate on that. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I I wrote 12 chapters on it. Is that not enough? You know how hard it was. All right. Lesson two. No, no, no. (laughs) Let's talk about this later. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think that second point that you mentioned is important because a lot of our fights, like, they do have to end. And it is this, like, weird compromise of, like, I want it to end immediately and resolve the thing. But I don't really want it resolved. I just want to be right. It's not even about me right. It's about me 
making sure she saw she was wrong. And that doesn't work. But Mel, she does need kind of to your point, like a a moment to con- like we talk about when she like tips into the red zone. It's like, and I do the same thing. We're like, I'm no longer here. Like we're not in reality anymore. I'm just all adrenalines and feelings and emotion. And I'm going to say something so mean. I'm going to be <laughs> sure it's not, we're not communicating the issue anymore. Right, right. So there is like kind of a middle ground of that issue of needing to resolve this and end it well and actually resolving and not letting it stew for too long. But that does not mean like, hey, we have to talk about this immediately. It's amazing how much like, hey, just like go eat a sandwich and like take a breath. (laughs) And I feel like so often I'll come back and I'll be like, hey, I don't want to fight about this. Do you? And they're like, neither do I. That's that's how a lot of our fights end anymore. Like, hey, I don't, I'm good to move on if you are. That's great. (laughs) When it escalates it often too, you'll go on to this second level where instead of discussing the actual issue, you are now trying to use your memory to go back five minutes to tell them what they just said and then what you said back to them and why they're contradicting themselves. So you sort of like each of you are coming up with your own replay of the argument that is currently happening. (laughs) And it is amazing because in general, I have a terrible memory, but... (laughs) In a fight, I'm like a stenographer all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, actually, if we rewind to minute 1712, you said this. And I'll tell you, after 20 years of doing that, it never works. It never helps. I've said in a million times I've said in a fight, like, okay, but this is what actually happens. That does not work. (laughs) Because in a relationship emotions and facts are equal level important. Your feelings are not more important than facts and facts. Sorry, Ben Shapiro are not more important than your feelings. (laughs) Like in a relationship, they're equals. They carry the same amount of weight. You can't like, well, I feel this way. Well, this is what's real. You'll never reconcile. And you're right. No one has ever been like, no spouse has been talking with their friends later and been like, (laughs) I thought I was right. And then he reminded me that seven minutes earlier, I said this other thing. Oh, you know what? You raised some good points, actually. Yeah, it's amazing. That's well said, Dustin. You're right. We did like some podcasts and said it was like, do you want to be right or you don't want to be close? And I was like, how did it take me 20 years to hear that? That should have been in the vows. That's the best thing I've ever heard on a relationship. Do you want to be right or do you want to be close? But also, what a great line to use the next time you're in an argument, though. (laughs) Hey, do you want to be right or do you want to be close? What do you, uh, yeah, that's funny. All right, I'll go on to this next lesson. I promise it won't be as... uh... I realize how general that last question was like, here's what I have to say. Do you want to say stuff too? (laughs) All right. Lesson two, prioritize your spouse. I love this uh, quote from your book. Dustin says, the important thing for Melissa and me is to constantly prioritize us and not simply us, 
but us over the kids. Our relationship with each other is more important than our relationship with our children. Ours predates them and will outlast the time they live with us. I just, I love the perspective that you illustrate where it's not minimizing children as part of the family. It's just facing the reality that kids at home take up like a fraction of a married lifetime when viewed as a whole. So maybe this longer relationship deserves a bit more attention. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, the three biggest divorce marks are two, seven, and when the kids move out. Two years is like, uh uh-oh, that was a mistake. And then seven, (laughs) seven is usually right around when kids come in, and that changes the dynamic so much. Interesting. And then Melissa said this the other day, like the best gift you can give to your children is a, a loving parent. And I think there is a truth that, and that's not to like divorce shame. And we go out of our way not to like, as if you get a divorce, it doesn't mean you're not a good parent or anything like that. And sometimes the best thing for the kids, like in the case of my parents, the best thing for the kids is to get a divorce because you guys Mm -hmm. don't love each other, but it is a gift. Like we have like real decisions like this Tuesday, our special is coming out and I say to Mel, I was like, Hey, we should go celebrate and be somewhere and do an overnighter or something which means Gloria is going to miss tutoring on Wednesday. And you're like, well, okay, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You have to do those things. (laughs) Like I think we say, I mean, we point out in the book, like we missed our daughter's first day of kindergarten. (laughs) 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 But it was third kid. So you're like, ah, it's fine. We'll be there for the last day. I just, I think it's so great because you're like, it's okay to give yourself permission to go do something that you would like to do as a couple over like yeah we drive you to soccer practice five nights a week <laughs> right can we not go to a restaurant once for 45 minutes like that's okay we no. counted the other day on just it was just a tuesday because our kids are at three different schools right now and in wow. three different after school programs we counted from our house 21 way trips <laughs> to a school <laughs> back from the school to a school back from the school and you're like yeah we're gonna um leave for mom's gonna come to <laughs> Europe. Mom's coming to Europe with me. You'll be fine. My daughter said to us the other day though, there was a season there where Mel she did like three trips with me in like a month and a half. It was pretty it doesn't wow. happen like that very often. And Claire, our youngest That's awesome. goes, Claire goes to uh to Melissa. Uh the point of having children is not so you can leave them. <laughs> so and how old is she? She's six. She's six. I'm so off. She's nine. <laughs> she is. Uh, I have one kid that's way too chill and one kid that's way too serious, in matter of fact. And she's oh. that one. She said the other day, I was like, uh, oh, Claire, you messed up here. And she goes, uh, what if you never made a mistake before, Mr. Perfect? <laughs> It's like, who talks like that at eight or nine or however old you are? You're like, this is why I leave you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to stay here for this. I don't need to be bullied by my child. <laughs> but I do love that just how, how, like, it's okay to be proactive about going and doing stuff together and abandoning your kids, if you want to call it that. Because I always think it's lame. I know a guy who he'll say like, oh yeah, my my wife and I were in Costco last night and we realized it was just us. So we were like, hey, let's count this as our date night. 
It's just like, oh, gross. You're just like checking a box. Yeah. <laughs> like looking around like, oh, we're alone. This is a date. Surprise. Uh, I also find a regular schedule of date nights to be annoying when people talk about them. Like only because people talk about them like there's some novel idea. Like the key to our marriage is a regular date night. You're like, get a life. Like, what did you see? One Instagram reel on how to keep your marriage fresh. You know, like it's. We call this section Random Facts. Uh, I have so, some of my favorite quotes from your book and then, uh, and then a couple questions. Rapid fire. Here are some of my favorite quotes from your book. Rollerblading is faster than walking, but not that much faster. <laughs> Portland is like if a mason jar was a city. <laughs> I stand by that. That's good. I was there uh, four months ago. Now it's a mason jar with a couple of hypodermic needles inside it. (laughs) This one uh, from Melissa, she says, I sometimes overshare my issues as a way to draw other people out. I'm trying to determine whether I'm talking to someone who appreciates that sort of emotional dump. It doesn't win friends or influence people if I blindside others with TMI. (laughs) Yeah. She is a big overshare. It's amazing. Is she uh, is she uh, more extroverted? Is that very extroverted? And not in like the like I'm the center of attention person, but that sure. conversation with others just gives her gives her a lot of energy and like energy. Vibrancy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. and, and I'm. I'm the opposite. Me and my wife are both pretty introverted. Both of us are like, we're the type of people that after church, like we are gone the moment it's over. Right, right. (laughs) We're not hanging around talking. You're an Um, introverted homeschool family. I mean, you don't see anybody. (laughs) You just live in a hole. We didn't even notice COVID was happening. (laughs) One of our boys is is especially like extroverted and trying to make sure that he can thrive too. We want to give him more opportunities. Uh, to be social, even if it's harder for us, even if we can't stand a few of the parents that we have to hang out with. I love going to my kids' sporting events, but I hate talking to the other parents. Yeah. I hate it so much. I just don't want it. So a lot of time, Mel and I won't even sit next to each other. <laughs> She'll be like sitting with an, a random group of parents. And I'll be like walking around, you know, standing in the back. She's like, Is he rooting for the other team? <laughs> yeah. Why is he in the other stands? Yeah. Because he doesn't know anyone over there. that's so true i can't stand it even at like practice because there's always that like there's always that click of adults jabbering away with each other and yeah i'm always the one just getting my steps in on the other side of the grass i'm gonna volunteer the snack shack just so i don't have to talk to these people i'd rather i'll I'll um do you need do you need someone to ump i'll coach third base i'll uh here's my (laughs) My last favorite quote from the book, Dustin writes about uh, during the pandemic, him and his wife uh, started uh, jogging together every day. And he says, it was a tough time for us all, but it turned out to be the perfect hobby for me because during this terrible time, it helped me keep everything in perspective. No matter how uncertain life felt, no matter how bleak the news was, I could trust that running would always be the absolute worst part of my day. Mm-hmm. Every day. <laughs> It's just awful. I relate so much with that because for me, it's like asparagus where like, I wish I liked it. Mm -hmm. I just 
I just don't. What is weird when you reflect on COVID times like that, because I my analogy for it is I always I think of COVID and the pandemic as the opening line to a tale of two cities, that it was the best of times. It was the worst of times because there are these like very special memories that you have during that time that happened because of that. But also so many people died and also (laughs) insane lockdowns. So it's not good. It's not good. I'm not glad that it happened, but Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things happening all at once. Also pure terror. Also, our job was illegal, and that sucked. And I got so <laughs> I got so desperate. I uh, so desperate. I filmed the dry bar. We, you know, we all had a rock bottom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The one thing that bothers me is when celebrities like Ted Danson, I heard him on on Conan's podcast during the pandemic, and he was like, this is great. Just the most tone deaf statement. He's like, this is great. My wife and I have not sat down and just spent time together for probably 10 years. And I was like, but why not? Like, you don't. I have to work. Yeah. What have you been doing? Like you're still living off. You could retire off of Cheers money. You've been on nine (laughs) other TV shows since then. Right. Well, this has been this has been super fun. Thank you so much for for spending uh, an hour with me. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, You're so fun. Uh, again, uh, Dustin Nickerson. Check out his special "Runs in the Family" out tomorrow, March twenty eighth, on uh, YouTube. Check out his podcast. Don't make me come back there. Uh, and of course, you have some dates coming up. Lots of dates. DustinNickerson dot com slash shows. The halfway there tour kicks off in mid May. In Utah, baby. Awesome. I didn't didn't get the good room. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And one last reminder, you can pick up Dustin's book on Amazon or listen to it like I did on Audible. To recap our favorite lessons from How to Be Married to Melissa, one, end a fight well, two, prioritize each other, And three, to really strengthen both your relationship and also your podcast co-host's jealousy, go to Paris. (laughs) 